What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm Matt Miller, joined every Friday morning by my buddy Mello. That's right. I'm tired as fuck, but we're here. I'm ready to talk some football. What'd you do today? Oh, I had a very busy day. There's just, you know, schoolwork, talking about football, trying to prepare for the show. I bought a hoodie. Big day. All kinds of big stuff day. going on. Big day, big show. We got Coach Joe Moorhead, the head coach of Mississippi State, going to talk about that loaded defense. I also got a couple guys on offense that are pretty good, too. I uh, had a lot of fun talking to him. We're going to go around the league with the news and notes that we have for you. Uh, we're going to make fun of John Gruden because that's my favorite pastime now, and it's just so easy to do. And he's just <laughs> teeing you up every time. Up. It's like, like every day he every says something. Every show it's, will I say something about Trump or Gruden or both? I mean, they're probably the same person. I One is just that. a little bit more athletic. Yeah. Did you really tweet? I tweeted I didn't Trump is Gruden. <laughs> Gruden is Trump. Finkel is Einhorn. is Finkel. Uh, we're also going to do our preview and pick them. Don't let me get started on that. I'll go off all night. Uh, last week, you finally pulled ahead of me. Spoiler alert. You got four games right. I only got three. Uh, top five this week. Breakfast foods. We let you guys pick. It's top five breakfast foods. And our listeners dominated that, too. Like, I was very impressed with some of the stuff that they submitted. I even saved it. I created a whole new sheet of just top fives that you guys have recommended. So even though you might not hear it today, we are going to use a lot of these. Like, yeah, I, why not? I really like them. We're almost a year in on Stick Football Fridays, so we got we to gotta switch things up. People are dying. We got to find new top fives. <laughs> Uh, it's getting stale. And then we'll do draft on draft. So big show tonight. Let's jump right in. Uh, and you are starting the show. I, and we're now reading the rundown. Go ahead. <laughs> and we are. We're going around and the league. There we go. But we are going to start with our shameless plug of our upcoming tailgate. Because we have mentioned it on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, everywhere. I think we've even talked about it on this podcast before. But we will be in TC, that Fort Worth area, next weekend. So Eight more days, 29. you get to come hang out with me, Connor, and TR. And I think Matt is even going to be there, <laughs> to too. say, where the fuck am I going to be? Uh, Matt will be passed out under the table. It's, if it's hot, I will be in the shade. It is going to be fun. We are partnering up with the tailgate guys. Um, so uh, we will be tweeting out, and we'll put on Instagram and everywhere else, our exact location once we have it. But come get a beer with us. Uh, talk ball. Have fun. Uh, we're actually going to be taking live draft-on-draft questions. So if you're like, oh, I was... Wanted to meet you guys and see like how short Connor is in real life or if his hair is real or how many beers Mello can actually drink in five hours. You can come find out all that and submit a live draft on draft question. I mean, we saw a lot of those questions on Reddit Thursday night, so maybe we just start trying to do some of these. Like, how many Natty Lights can I drink in one hour? I think the tailgate would be a great spot to find I out. Think like, we're going to need a couple coolers. It's going to be a lot like, I would assume we'll probably do like almost a show where we do the live draft on draft questions and everything, but we're also just going to sit around and shoot the shit and hang out just like normal. So if you think the podcast sounds a lot like a couple guys sitting around drinking beer at a bar, <laughs> like sit around with a, some guys drinking beer and maybe we'll even have some tailgate games. So somebody could kick Matt's ass at Cornhole. You can try. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you can try. Not going to happen. Jared Brown, you want to come to Fort Worth and we'll tag team this? <laughs> Maybe. I think he's coming to Joplin for the Pitt State tailgate. I lured him in with free Natty Light and that I would cook two brec- two meals at the tailgate because that was on our tailgate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to. Have to. If, especially breakfast, if we're going to get lunch. there early. Like, we're going to do breakfast first. That's the yes. way we do things. Yeah. it's This is <laughs> serious. So This is how we do it. Oh, that was that sounded good. It sounded good in my ear. <laughs> if we could auto-tune that, I don't know if it's Whiskey or Stacy producing the show this week. 
They're a little auto tune under Mellow's It's voice not like there. one of those mm. mumble rappers that mm. everybody's so hot on right now. I don't know. It's some real voice. Those are vocals. That's gold. I saw someone tweet about how Kanye hasn't had a good album since. Uh, <laughs> great story, Matt. <laughs> since the one that was okay. His last college one? dropout or His whatever. His last one know. was bad. Well, I shouldn't say that because I honestly, I haven't given it a chance yet. I tried a couple of the songs and I was just like, I'm tired of the auto tune and everything. Just get back to being original Kanye or get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, not, I think he's going to have to get the hell out of here. Not, I wasn't not a fan. Also, let's, let's just keep it rolling. You know who else needs to get the hell out of here? John Gruden. <laughs> John Gruden is either smarter than all of us or the dumbest coach in the NFL. And they're 0 2. They've been outscored like 43 to 7 in the second half. So I'm leaning more toward he's an idiot. Um, sorry if we need credentials or anything, my bad guys. But so he comes out in a press conference. And I understand this quote has been taken out of context a little bit, but you have to understand there's a microphone in front of you. He says pass rushers are really hard to find. Yeah, try looking on your own damn roster first. Tell you what, there's this guy in Chicago, number 52. Pretty yeah. good. And yeah, you I traded that. Him. Yeah, Monday night. Like, watching him play, he's so good. And like you've alluded to before, as soon as he gets an actual football shape, oh, he's God. looking at defensive MVP. He's tearing up the league and right the now. the strip sacks are just becoming unreal. Yes. It's like watching Derek Thomas play. It really when is. we were kids. Yeah, like Derek Thomas uh, in his prime. Booger McFarlane actually texted me and was like, hey, who's a Khalil Mack comp? And I couldn't come up with one off the top of my head. So there you go, Booger. It should be Derek Thomas. That's the best comp for yeah. him. Uh, I just wanted to highlight that John Gruden's dumb. Any chance I get. I mean, it's not good. Like, just coming out the way that they look so far, it's, it's not good if you're a Raiders fan. I don't know if they're just trying to blow it all up in Oakland so they can move to Vegas and start all over, but... It's not looking good. It's not like you have to, like, when you're moving houses and you got to sell all your shit or it goes with you. You know, like, you could do... Khalil Mack goes to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't need a passport. It's it's like four hours. You could drive it. It's, it's not that far. Uh, so, Senior Bowl time and Jim Nagy, the new uh, executive director, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, big fan of the show, friend of the show. Uh, can't wait to get down there and, and have some beers with Jim. But he tweets out... He actually texts me. He built this big board. Uh, and it it's like one of the I don't know what you, you would even call it. it looks like they bought like a bunch of whiteboards at Home Depot and it's like a magnetic magnetic board. So they're building board. for the first time ever. They're doing a senior bowl like draft board of like, OK, these are the these would be our tier one quarterback targets. The photo comes out and the tier one targets, it looks like are Drew Locke and Jarrett Stidham. Oh, it definitely is. I, I looked at that picture a couple times. And it says on there, Stidham, and you can even tell like the Auburn symbol yeah. and Locke with the Mizzou logo. And it even had Bryce Love and Damian Harris on there, too, at running back. But those were the only four guys, so that's what I thought made it interesting because it wasn't like a big filled-out board. There were four names on yeah. there. So I'm hoping that those are guys that they've already gotten contact with that are saying, like, yeah, we're, we're going to come. We're planning on doing it. Obviously, things can change, like if Jared Stidham is a very high draft pick or or maybe we're lo- wrong on drew lock and he turns out to be qb1 like a lot of people think he is that might change but we did see you know baker mayfield last year even though i hate him we saw you know josh allen go yeah so seeing these senior quarterbacks compete would be great to get it two years in a row yeah it really would be and this is a senior laden class ryan finlay at nc state is a senior yep did i just have an aneurysm no he's a senior so. are you okay yep can you feel your face i'm good all set could be the one and a half course light I've had. Maybe it's chicken in. Tough. 
probably the biggest news that has come out of this week as it relates to college football and the NFL draft. It's not that Bryce Love's going to play. It's not, not the Senior Bowl board. It's that Nick Bosa is out indefinitely. We saw him leave the game last week against TCU with a, a core injury, is what they called it, or an ab injury. It has to be a hernia. I mean, he has surgery. They're saying right. he's out indefinitely. I heard today it might be six weeks, which puts even like the Michigan game, those types of games at the end of the year in question. But uh, does this matter for his draft stock? I know my answer. I'll let you go. I mean, I think it. as long as he can prove that he is healthy and this isn't a long-term thing, like if it's just a hernia, he's in amazing shape. He could bounce back from that very quickly. So I don't think this is going to affect his draft status, at least not yet. Like he's still going to be the number one guy on a lot of boards for a lot of weeks until some other report comes out that this is a major injury or something going forward. He's the number one guy on a lot of boards. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. And I actually think that in some ways it might be a blessing in disguise. I'm sure hernia hurts like a motherfucker, but it's correctable and you don't expect long term ramifications from it. So you go get this cleaned up. You're on the shelf for six weeks. You come back, probably play a game, then maybe the Big 12, Big Ten Championship, then you're in the CFP. Uh, so you play four more games in your college career, and then you're the number one pick in the draft. That's a lot better than going through the months of October and November just playing in games that probably don't mean a whole lot and risking a more serious injury. And he's got a good family background with the, you know, his brother playing in the NFL. So they don't need to be aggressive with the way they play this. They can do it very conservatively, conservatively, and he can sit out a couple games and make sure that he's coming back and being healthy. I'm sure that he wants to get back out there for his teammates, but he also he's he's got to look out for number 1. He's got to look out for himself. So I do think that he does sit out quite a few games. I hope that he's back by Michigan just because I want to watch him right. play. Selfishly, yes. Like that should be his first game back. Just sit out. Until then, we don't even need you. Rehab, do whatever you need to, stay in shape, come back from Michigan. Conspiracy theory that he and his brother are both hurt right now. Hmm. Family vacation planned? Probably, right? Mom and dad's like 30th wedding anniversary or something. They're like, oh, well, let's just go to Greece for a I coincidentally had a sick daughter last Friday. Oh, how's she feeling? Wink, wink. She's all better. Thank God we made it to Austin in time. Yeah, man, that was rough. (laughs) Glad she's feeling better. Hope that, you know, like October 12th-ish. She shouldn't get sick again. Oh, that would just be terrible. That would be awful. There's stuff going around. It's that time of year. All right, we have a great guest for you tonight, joined by Coach Joe Moorhead, head coach Mississippi State, and they've taken off this year, 3-0 in the SEC, and really anchored by great offensive play with the quarterback and running back, but also a a stout defense. That's kind of what we wanted to talk to you about today, Coach. Not only the, the hot start, but... All this talent you have on defense, you're an offensive guy. You go down to Mississippi State, and it's you got guys on the D-line, guys, linebacker guys in secondary. How nice is it for you to come into a system that you got some playmakers on defense? Uh, great situation. I actually was joking around during preseason camp that I may uh, hang up my play calling hat on offense and go call some defenses with this, the guys we got over there. But, uh, you know, Coach, you didn't think that was a great idea. <laughs> And you do. I mean, you you can speak about, you know, you have guys like a senior Montez Sweat, who is one of the best pass rushers in the country. Uh, you had Jonathan Abram, I, I think one of the hardest hitting safeties. Uh, and he got kicked out of a game a couple weeks ago for getting a little too physical. Jamal Peters at, at corner. And those are just your seniors. What type of leadership do those guys bring to the team and, and how much can you rely on them? No, there's, there's a ton of leadership and experience on that, that side of the ball. And it's, it's certainly invaluable. You know, competing in the SEC West and 
know, Gary Green was elected team captain. I think he does a great job on and off the field. And then we have a leadership council. You know, Jeffrey Simmons is on that. You know, Mark McLaurin on the back end. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, those guys have done a great, great job uh, embracing coach's scheme and coming out and, you know, really playing uh, an exceptional level of football through three games. Yeah, how different is it for you? Because, you know, you were at Penn State before this, and you got to see guys like, you know, obviously Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley and Mike Gusecki and some really good offensive players. Now you go down to the SEC, and, and you're watching these guys on the other side of the field. As an offensive play caller, uh, I'm sure your mind's always running. How would you scheme against your own team? Not to give away any secrets, but how do you attack a defense that's this loaded? <laughs> well, the first thing is you got to handle the front four, the front six specifically. And then there's an old saying that, that I learned, uh, you know, a while back that you can't let the game records wreck the game. And, you know, you would have to identify Montez and Jeffrey as game records at, at the first level. So you got to figure out a way to, to uh, you know, minimize their level of destruction <laughs> Good luck. Uh, in the run game and the pass count. And then you kind of just work from there. Yeah, no one's really had any success doing that yet this year. So uh, so I'm sure there's some fellow coaches like, come on, maybe he'll tell us what the secret is. But uh, I haven't seen one yet. Now, speaking of the offense, uh, I think you and I first came in contact with each other because of your time at Penn State when you had Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Now you have Kylan Hill, a sophomore who has been very, very productive so far this year. What I know you can't compare anyone to Saquon. He's uh, otherworldly, otherworldly. But what have you seen from Kylan so far that makes him, you know, really a featured guy and a, a workhorse in your offense? I think, relatively speaking, you know, there's a similar skill set. I think Coach Huff has done a great job with Kylan on and off the field, you know, preparing him with all the things that are necessary to, you know, to have a successful season, much like Saquon, and then going back to Chase Edmonds at, at four and the things we did there. So I think the system, you know, uh, allows running backs to take advantage of their abilities, but strongly built, you know, five eleven, you know, almost two hundred twenty pounds. And like I said about Saquon, small skills, small back skills and a big back body, you know, between the tackles, you know, when we get on the perimeter, he can get it to the edge. I mean, as evidenced by the first play of the season, you know, can catch a ball, you know, he's caught touchdown pass this year and, you know, like Saquon in his first year, improving in pass protection. Yeah. You mentioned Chase Edmonds. What is it about your offense that is so running back friendly or are you just getting lucky and, and winding up in these spots with great running backs? Uh, hopefully it's a little bit of both. Hopefully we're, we're doing a good job schematically. I mean, even going back to Jordan Tobin at UConn and, you know, the guys at Fordham and, you know, certainly Saquon and now these guys, it's you know, very much a running back oriented offense that, you know, once you have success uh, on the ground, it creates one-on-one, one-on-one matchups on the back end. And that's where we've been able to, you know, make some, you know, a significant amount of explosive plays. Yeah, and one guy that, that really is the probably the captain of that ship is Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback. It, it's probably great to get him back from injury. Uh, had the week one suspension, but then just came back and, and kind of picked up where he left off as a dual threat player. What does he like it just, you know, as a not only a member of the team, but one of the guys and someone who everybody's looking to to be a leader of that, that squad? What's Nick like in the locker room? Yeah, another guy who, who was elected captain by his peers and his teammates. So he's really embraced that role. Uh, I think Coach Bronner's done a great job with him in terms of development, teaching him the scheme and, you know, going through each week of preparation and, uh, you know, knowing what needs to be done uh, in, in both the pass game and the run game. Uh, fiercely competitive, uh, all the physical attributes that you want at this level and certainly that translate to the next level and can beat you with his arm uh, and then beat with his legs by, by design or improvisation. So uh, Nick's taking positive steps forward every week. 
Yeah, we've thrown a lot of names out there on both sides of the ball. You also have a, a great lineman in Jenkins, and, and I'm sure a ton of other guys that I haven't even got to yet in my film review. But it is that time of year where scouts are are coming through and, and checking you guys out. What kind of feedback are you hearing about your upperclassmen and, and just how special this group could be? I mean, we, we review it every morning in our staff meeting, and uh, everyone's been through here at least once in, the, in a bunch of teams multiple times. So and it hadn't been just the area guys. There's been some, you know, upper-level guys through here, and, you know, it's a very, uh, let's say, senior-laden class, but but one with, you know, a lot of depth, a lot of talent, and, you know, hopefully we continue to play the way we have, and, you know, these guys will get their deserved opportunities at the next level. Is that something with your underclassmen where you guys are already trying to educate them and, and you know, kind of the, it's seen as this big problem in, in the NFL of, you know, you got 120 underclassmen declaring every year is that something where you guys have already started saying you know like you can't ignore that Jeffrey Simmons is on the radar of, of folks like myself who cover the draft he's on definitely on the radar of teams is that something you try to get out in front of educating him about that decision yeah not not just for guys like Jeffrey who are you know projected you know if he comes out to be a, be a high round guy but 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 all the underclassmen and at the end of the day you know we try to educate them and make sure that they're uh making decisions that are best for their future. And if a guy can go and get life-changing money and, you know, be committed to finishing his degree at some point, and, and that's something they should do then. And, uh, but also on the other end of that, if it's, if it's not a good decision and coming back for a, a final year and, you know, finishing up their degree and putting another year of film on and another year of uh, game experience that can help elevate their draft level, we'll tell them that too. So uh, I don't think we want to do anything to uh, take opportunities away from a guy uh, who's going to be a top top guy? But at the same time, you want to provide you know good information and you know make sure they're making sound decisions. Yeah, one last question I have for you. And I, you're a quarterback guy. You played quarterback at Fordham, uh, and that has kind of been the the foundation and, and the base of you as a coach. Is you know the offensive schemes very quarterback friendly. And there's a lot of discussion now, not only in college football but the NFL about what do you want in a quarterback. And you know a lot of people feel like Baker Mayfield really turned that upside down last year, being a little bit shorter as a quarterback coming from a spread offense and being the first pick in the draft. But what's your ideal quarterback look like for your scheme? If you could, you know, when Nick goes on to the NFL next year and you could bring in the, the ideal quarterback for your offense, what would that guy look like? I think from a general construct, you want someone who can beat you with his brains, his arms and his legs. So take that as the, uh, you know, base foundation. You want a winner. You want someone who's competitive you want someone with a, a football IQ who has leadership from a measurable perspective, you know, probably six foot and taller is what we're looking for. Uh, you know, body weight wise, you're saying 200 or more. And, and with what we do, uh, you know, in the run game, you want someone who's, who's able to, you know, extend plays uh, when it breaks down and, and make them with their feet in the run game. And, and part of the biggest thing that I think that goes is decision-making. You, know, you want a guy with a high touchdown-to-interception ratio, and you want a guy with a high completion percentage coming out of high school. So those those are all things that we look at. Yeah, so not not an impossible ask. So if there's any uh, high school quarterbacks listening, they should just send you the tape, right? If they meet that criteria, uh, get a FedEx package down to Starkville. So, Coach, we definitely thank you for your time. I know you're busy, so even getting 10 minutes with you is a big deal. I know our listeners were all excited to – learn about what's going on in Starkville because it, it's impossible to, to overlook what you guys are doing on both sides of the ball. So good luck the rest of the way. That that SEC schedule is going to be tough, but we're definitely rooting for you. Awesome, man. Uh, keep up the great work, man. Yeah, appreciate it.
All right. Thanks again to Coach Joe Moorhead. Love that guy. He's been incredibly helpful to me throughout my career. Happy to see them off to a hot start 3-0. and They have a game this weekend that I think is a sneaky big one. There's already been some shit talks between their running back, Kylan Hill, and Kentucky's running back, Benny Snell. So that's going to be a big game that we have to pick. And let's roll right into it, buddy. Pick them and pre- preview and pick them time. I'm never going to get that right. In the rundown, it says preview and picks. And I always go picks and previews. Always. I don't know why. Alphabetical order thing. I can't read in your weird yes, brain. Yes, that's what I think it is, <laughs> that my brain is weird. So, anyway, <laughs> I'm 9-6 and six on the year. You were 10-5. I'm 10-5. I took Wait, the lead. Let's just talk about this because it's we're almost to week four. And we are now keeping track of this. What does the loser have to do at the end of the regular season? Let's do that. I don't know. I didn't know if this I, was like okay. a What if I throw out things? Like, and you can say yes or no, and the the small audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I'm, I'm I'll drink a bottle of Fireball if I Ooh, lose. Oh God, no, no, because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't no. want to have to do that if I lose. Well, like, that's where I was going. With that. <laughs> I hate Fireball. We were talking about on Reddit. You know, Thursday night, like. Somebody asked, what's your favorite alcohol, and what do you do if you're doing a shot? I hate shots. I don't like doing them. Yeah, like, no. my drink of choice is Natty Light, and that's because it tastes the most like water out of everything. So, so that's what I drink. <laughs> and you don't even like water. That's what's funny about that. <laughs> no, I like it when it's a Natty Light. Yeah. I like the extra hops. So what what do you think it should be? Uh, shave your eyebrow. Mm, like, put the... The etch in it, like the like, no, 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 like no. I'm cool. The whole thing off. Ah, uh, you're gonna go to school with one eyebrow. <laughs> no, because I'm gonna win. <laughs> you should think about the ramifications that you might That'd be not. right around Christmas time too. Any now family it'd be pictures? Thanksgiving or? time. Yeah, I mean holiday season, right? <laughs> Oof. No, let's just James Connor haircut. Is one that we got from Cole. Just text that in. What I don't even know what I the don't James know what that means. Either. Is that the mullet? The Steelers running back? The like oh, reverse rabbi. It's not a good look. I don't have enough hair to do that, let's be honest. Um I have a little bit of hair, but I don't know that. I it's... guess I think I could grow the back out. <clears throat> yeah, like that reverse it's kind of a mullet. What's of... up with the two lines that go across the top? I don't know, man. It's not a good look. Okay, how about you just do whatever you want to the front and sides, but you have to grow the back <laughs> For how long? My hair grows pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen you go two, three months without a haircut. So. Two, three months? <sighs> we'll figure something better Until out. the next football season? I really think we should do drinking only bets. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of in on this <laughs> mullet bet. Okay, you can grow a mullet if you lose. Okay. If I lose, I'll... I'll shave to just a mustache <laughs> for two weeks. Okay, but no, that's two weeks. I have to wear mine around for like three months. You would have to shave to just a mustache and stop trimming that mustache. Deal. For an equal amount of time as the hair. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that would look awful. Well, I'm not going to go four months and you go one. That's not. Let's just, let's. Keep let's keep this on the table. We'll keep thinking about it. Maybe that people can send in their recommendations on what the bet should be this week. I'm wanna, committed to going mustache. I want to see you grow sideburns and a mustache and shave everything else. Oh god, I look like dad in the seventies. That's what I would look like. I'm set on the mullet. I would grow a mullet. I don't think you That's could. That's where bud. all my hair is. It's in the back. 
all mine's on my mustache is on my lip. So I got a luscious V. Yeah. <laughs> my chest pubes all the way down to my ball fro. I, I, so. I, I don't know. I think I could, I think I'd look good in a mustache. Well, you, people are going we'll to probably me find this, out when at, you lose. They see me at the senior ball with a mustache looking like Walker uh, when he had his frat night. Okay, let's get to our picks. I would fit right in with a mustache at this game. Georgia at Missouri. This is a no-brainer. I know a lot of people want to talk about Drew Locke, and he is having a good year. He is an interesting quarterback prospect. The best quarterback in this game is Jake Fromm. Oh, I think so, too. Like We've talked about this guy very, very much on this podcast, even though he's not draft eligible. He's a very good quarterback prospect. I'm looking forward to seeing what Drew Locke can do against this defense. I am, too. I, I haven't totally like abandoned him and said, like, oh, he's going to be shitty. He has a very talented arm. And guys like that, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, they get drafted very high sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes they come out of nowhere. Like Josh Allen at Wyoming, you were hot on him early, but not a lot of other people were. Pat Mahomes got like a, what, day three grade from the In NFL? In the beginning, yeah. 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 So we could see him make a rise. If he's going to do it, he's going to have to do something against yeah. Georgia. Georgia and DeAndre Baker at corner, very, very talented. And they're talented across the board. They're Georgia. They're one of the top four teams in the country for a reason. This is an easy one. I'm taking the Bulldogs. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I know we're sitting here in Missouri, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be Georgia. What's funny is I'm like known as being an anti-Mizzou guy, and I'm not anti-Mizzou. Like, I'm really. You, you definitely like Mizzou more than I do. Yeah. And I don't. I don't have anything against them. Like I think it's a very good university. They were the first school to credential me. Like I. I like. Yeah, them. we used to go up there for games all the time. Yeah, Brad but, Smith. Yeah. Gary Pinkle. Oh, Gary was, was a the dick. Yeah. But credentials. I remember the first time I asked Gary about an injury uh, report. And he, I was probably 22, maybe 21, 22. And he looked at me and he's like, what are you, kid, who are you? What are you doing? And he just like, there was so much contempt for me. And I was just like, oh, okay. I just want to know if Brad Smith was hurt. <laughs> like it's, it's fine. <laughs> he's still not hurt. Shut up, you junior high yeah. fuck. Yeah. When my mom and dad get here, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get the car, Mom. Okay, I'm up next. Uh, we're going with the game we started to talk about before shit got weird. We're going Mississippi State at Kentucky, which is surprisingly a good matchup. Kentucky has played very well, or Florida is just absolutely terrible. But they did in that drought. I'm picking the Bulldogs in this one, though. I just I like their offense. We've talked about Fitzgerald before. He might not be a great pro prospect, but he is very good in the college game. They're going to get him going. They're going to get their running back going. And I think it's just too much for Kentucky, who also, they've got some great prospects too. This is a game to watch, not just because it's an SEC matchup, but you've got Josh Allen, the linebacker. You've got Benny yeah. Snell at running back. Mississippi State obviously have great pieces on their defense. Yeah, and on offense. I mean, Nate Fitzgerald's a very good college quarterback. I love Kylan Hill, Elgin Jenkins, their center. They are loaded across the board. I think Mississippi State is too much to handle defensively. I think they'll shut Benny Snell down. And I'm going to go Bulldogs and Bulldogs. Taking both Bulldogs this week. I don't know who Liberal High is playing tomorrow night. I'm not going to pick them. Wish it could. I don't know. Can't. They're going to win, though. Yeah. All right. Nebraska at Michigan. When the schedule came out this year, I remember us trying to look at games we wanted to go to and being like, oh, man, Nebraska at Michigan. And then we realized, oh, no, it's my son's birthday this weekend. We can't go. Nebraska has not won a game. Yeah, and it's, it's not, not looked good. Good, and I know Scott Frost came out Thursday and was like, "Hey, it, it's probably going to be bad before it's good." He should have gone full Dark Knight and been like, you know, <laughs> yeah, 
whatever that quote the is. The dawn is darkest just before the day is dark. The night is you darkest <laughs> just before the dawn. There it is. We really fucked that one up. Ooh. But you get it's a good the point. show tonight. <laughs> Stuff is dark before it gets bright. Yeah. Because that's so, the way the world works. So it's getting better. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Troy. Both close games, but holy shit, they lost to Troy. So I don't love Michigan, obviously, but I think they pull out the win. And at it's home. at home. So at that's home. that's gonna help too. And if maybe if Nebraska can get their freshman quarterback back, they might have a chance in this. But if if he's not playing, I really just don't see how they can come out. Uh they're not gonna come out with any fire or passion. No. Like, this locker room is already with two losses after the expectations coming in. Like they're down. And this is a team that transferred out a lot of players too. So I, I think you maybe start to hear some of those round blanks. So are you are taking Michigan as well, right? I would agree with you there. Okay. Uh, to one of our other favorite teams that we cover, Notre Dame is going to Wake Forest, part of their ACC schedule here. I actually kind of like Wake Forest, and I think this game is going to be closer than many people will predict. But I do think that Notre Dame and their running attack is just going to be too much for Wake Forest. Yeah, two very good running backs. Wake Forest, uh, they gave up what Boston College is right in. Torched them. Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Ray, is that? Sure. Uh, yep. I watched his film today. I didn't write his name down. He had four sacks against them. I mean, how is that possible? Yeah, Wyatt raised his name. Four sacks against Wake Forest. Notre Dame's defensive line is very good. Jerry Tillery, especially yep. up front. I think Notre Dame wins as well. K-State at West Virginia. K-State was a team I picked in week one. Thought they would be like a tough, gritty, you know, Bill Snyder, 90 years old out there coaching team. No, they're not. They're a little weak, a little soft. West Virginia, I think, puts it to the boys. Uh, it's at West Virginia. I think this is a team that is going to come back riled up. You have, you have Will Greer. You have David Sills. They're always pretty nasty on defense. I don't think K-State can hang. What's that song they like in West Virginia? Rocky Top? Mm, <laughs> that's probably. <laughs> Country Roads? <laughs> oh, there it is. If you didn't know, that's an inside joke. Matt yeah. could not think of the song that they sing in West Virginia. It is. And I was like, the song on Logan Lucky. <laughs> Country Roads. Take, Take me home. home. I'm going to agree with you here. I think West Virginia is just too much for Kansas State, and they won't be able to keep up. It's a very good offense. Dana Hogerson, you know he's going to get shit going. Big earn. He's going to give the ball to two fantastic receivers. Will Greer looking to bounce back from the games last week. They got canceled. He's he's going to go off, I think, against K-State. I don't think this one's going to be that close. Yeah. I was thinking about just singing that song all through you talking, but I, I was going to roll with it. Like, honestly, I was just going to keep talking with you right behind it. <laughs> just coming in every time you take a, a breath or drink some natty. Just yeah, do it. Let's take make it a thing. Home. Next game on my schedule, I've got A&M at Alabama. I actually have a backstory on this game and why I love it so much. A&M versus Alabama. It's a rivalry, even though Alabama kicks ass. When my oldest daughter was born almost six years ago, we were in the hospital on Saturday and they were dismissing us and like, oh, you guys are, you're free to go. Just one more paper to sign and you're, you're all set. But Johnny Manziel was playing Alabama and it was a very good game. I refused to sign the paper. (laughs) I was like, no, we have to wait. There's two minutes left in the game. I can't leave yet. And my wife at the time who had just given birth to our first child is like, I'm ready to go. It's a wonder that marriage didn't work. Bring the <laughs> van around. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not leaving. Let's just hang out for, you know, two more minutes. 
which is actually like 20. So this game has always been like, it's a game that I watch like every year almost. And I love it, even though I think A&M played very well against Clemson. I don't think they can bring that to Alabama. And I keep saying like, oh, Alabama, they won't blow anybody out. They're going to play them all close. And I've been fucking wrong every time on that because <laughs> they're just killing yes. these people left and right. I think they're going to put it on A&M as well. Jimbo Fisher doesn't have to worry about being vegan because you ain't beating Bama. <laughs> I love it. Bama, I think, goes uh, big, uh, real big. I, I, they're, they're torching everybody, man. Tua is just too good. The defense is loaded. I like Kellen Mond at AM. He's a playmaker, but he ain't Johnny Menzel. And Kevin's yep. on money there. So uh, I'm going to pick Bama as well. This next game for me was the hardest one this week. TCU at Texas. <laughs> Getting a little biased. Yeah. <laughs> this one's tough. TCU played Ohio State well until the fourth quarter. Things kind of fell apart for them. Texas, I told this story uh, on the podcast when, when Connor and I did it Wednesday morning. It was that, man, we went down to Texas, and last week I picked USC to win. We were sitting here one week ago. I picked USC. And you and I get to the facility in Austin Friday, and I went, oh, shit. I picked the wrong team. Because they were, you could just tell, there was a, a focus and an intensity. I mean, they it, were ready to go. It felt like a conference game, like a big yes, conference game. The largest crowd ever in Austin. It's like 110,000 people. Place was rocking. Texas fans were fucking fighting in the stands. Like, it was it was wild. <laughs> yeah. The young Texas, dude got his ass kicked by an old dude. Yes, don't mess with old man strength. No. Don't. Especially in Texas. Don't. You mess with the bull, you get the horn. Exactly. That was not a calf. That was a bull. <laughs> He's just taking two of those little bastards out. Uh, I'm going to pick Texas, and I will probably be wrong. But if they can come out like they did last week, play efficient football, shut down the run. I, I think that this defense is so good at actually shutting down gaps. And I know we've we've talked crap about the 335 before, but... It's working for them. They're able to. They're to great against the run. And the linebackers scrape well. I think if they can do that, they can beat TCU. I would love to sit here in my Texas Longhorn shirt and agree with you, but I'm just not sold on this team yet. They played very well and much better than I thought they would last week. Their defense and their special teams bailed them out countless times, and off, their receivers made plays. I didn't think Sam Ellinger did anything special, but his receivers – they went out and they made plays. I just don't think it's enough for TCU. That they played great against Ohio State, and they're going to have a nasty defense. And I just I don't think Texas is ready for TCU yet. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? It's a deciding factor there. Yeah, except for we don't pick head to head. But other than that, yeah, even though we talk about them all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, next one for me. I'm going with Wisconsin at Iowa. This game. I marked on the calendar a long time ago, actually, because I thought it was going to be a trap game for Wisconsin. I thought they were going to be undefeated so far, coming off of a big win against BYU, and then they were going to go try to play in Iowa, and it was going to be a trap game for them. I think losing to BYU last week actually helped out Wisconsin because they are going to be able to go to their conference rivals and be able to win in Iowa. A great stadium to watch a football game. I obviously still love Wisconsin and their prospects, but I, I going to Iowa is tough. You got the pink locker room and you got to overcome you it. You got the hospital kids that they went right, to, right? In Iowa, they just they always win these games like that. You don't think Wait, they are you should have Iowa. 
I'm picking Wisconsin. Okay. I was like, where tough. are you going with But this? it's going to be tough. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I marked it on my calendar so long ago. It's because I really thought we were going to have a big upset here. But when they lost to BYU, I think it changed everything. I think the Badgers come out ready to play and yeah. they handle their business. And what I like about this game is the, the Iowa defense, they shut down David Montgomery and Iowa State. So this is a big game for Jonathan Taylor and that Wisconsin offensive line who we've touted. They got five guys up there that should be top 100 picks, some that might be top 15 or top 20 picks. So yep. it, this is a big test for them this week to come out and prove that they are that you know good offensive line and that Jonathan Taylor can maybe get his Heisman hopes back on track. Last game for me, Arkansas at Auburn. Chad Morris, our guy, right down the road at Arkansas. No, not picking them against Auburn. No way in hell. Not in Auburn. Jarrett Stenham, I think we get a bounce back game from him after he struggled against LSU last week. That defense is way too good for what they have at Arkansas. I think it goes kind of like what I just said about Wisconsin. Like Auburn coming off of a big loss. Arkansas lost to fucking North Texas. They didn't cover a punt in this. The green wave. We like, went through there. We did. Didn't. Yeah. Auburn is going to roll over these dudes. Like roll. Big win here. Like playing two, like three quarterbacks. Roll. Like throw, throw the rolls. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good right now. Last game for me, going all the way out to the Pac-12. I hope I can stay awake for this game because Stanford travels to Oregon. Big game for Bryce Love. He sat out last week, and we all know why. It's so he could be ready for this game. Justin Herbert has had a great season so far. Both of these guys need this game for their Heisman push. If one of them comes out and steals this show, then they get back into my Heisman top five, I think. So good news for you. This game is the ABC game, so it's at 7 o'clock. Thank God I so can stay awake. you should be able to stay awake for at least the first half, old man. And it's going to be cold here. It's been a long week. It's going to be cold here. You're going to have the sweats on. God, I'm going to have to buy a hoodie. That hoodie you bought, you're going to put it on. Oh, it's going to be nice. Your yard sign mode, but it don't matter. Nope. Stanford at Oregon. I think Stanford is the better team, especially defensively. This will be the biggest test we've seen for Justin Herbert probably in about two years of him as a starter. I I would pick the Cardinal. This for my game. I'm, I am. I'm going to pick Stanford. They're just too solid. All and I think like Oregon never around. plays well in big games. Right. And I know right, it's like they've had eight coaches in three years, it feels like. Yeah, but. and so that's kind of hard to see, too, because, like, what are they going to do? I know they got the coach from, like, he was there in Alabama, so – but Nick Saban, guys, how are they really going to do? It's hard to tell. Mario Cristobal. I'm taking Stanford. Our boy, Antha Oreo. I'm rolling with the trees. Wait, no, that sounds like weed. Right? Rolling with... Nah, trees aren't really... Yeah. Either way, I don't care. I'm taking Stanford. Smoke them if you got them. All right, a great top five this week, and I wish we had noted... Who sent us this one? But Mello tweeted it out there and said, Hey, guys, uh, we need your top five suggestions. Hypothetically speaking, if we were going to do listener top fives, and we got a lot of great ones. And what I told you, man, work smarter, not harder. Like, yeah. give the people what they want. Let's have fun. Top five breakfast foods. This is important because it's the most important meal of the day. That's what people say. And I, as you know, if you listen to the show regularly or if you're a friend of ours that's in the room, I have very, very weird food taste. Yeah. Which is weird for your weird obsession with mustard is. I'm like a steak and potato guy. Like I just like steak and potatoes. Yeah, you probably put mustard on there. I don't put anything on there because I'm an American. Good for you. No ketchup. All right, number five for me, McDonald's sausage biscuit. Don't put that imitation fluffy egg thing on there. I don't want it. I just want a sausage biscuit, a hash brown, and a coffee. And I'm pooping ten minutes after I eat this. By the way, I'm totally with you. You just put it on your list before I could get to it. 
I love their sausage. They used biscuit. to have this deal where you could get two sausage biscuits and two hash browns for like two twenty two. And my son Holy and I would go shit. every morning when I had him McDonald's. We would pay more for orange juice, one orange juice, yeah. than we paid for our whole breakfast. God it's like, damn! I wish they'd bring that deal back. That was a deal, man. Two sausage biscuits and two hash browns, and, and the total was two twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I'm really uh, upset that I missed out on that. I'm not going to tell you that there weren't times I got it for just myself because there were. Like, yeah. you're per- if you're hungover, that's the breakfast to get, or one I'm going to get to later. But McDonald's, it's not real food; it's a chemical, but it's they I'm got you tricked. So, to taste you, like and you talk good. about how cheap these things are. So, I actually go a little side note here. I work with a guy for breakfast. I don't. Well, I don't know if I've ever told the story on the podcast before. But I work with a guy who also loves the McDonald's breakfast. Uh, but if you get a sausage biscuit, you can get them for like they're on their dollar value meal or whatever. But if you get a sausage biscuit with eggs, it costs like two fifty. So this dude was waking up every morning like that he wanted to go to McDonald's, making his own egg, frying his own egg, putting it in a napkin, and then taking it to McDonald's, being like, "I just need the sausage biscuit." Then he would get his own egg that he prepared at home. Put As you're sandwich. about to find out, I don't trust eggs from many people. Well, I would do that. You also shouldn't trust yourself, though, because one day he came to practice, which is at 3.30. He's looking through his car, and he's like, I, I can't find it. It's in here somewhere. And we're like, dude, what are you looking for? He's like, my egg. <laughs> no. It is somewhere in here. I don't no. know where it is. Dude lost an egg, fried egg, in his car for days in, like, August, September heat. In Missouri. It was disgusting, but you save yourself a dollar fifty. That's when not you worth it, it, man. I'll give him a dollar fifty. Like, <laughs> right? How right. many times do you go a month? I got yeah. you, man. He probably has like a George Foreman grill set up near his bed too. He and likes people, to wake up to bacon. Like people me, say, but. teachers are overpaid, and you have to make your own egg. You <laughs> yeah. can't even afford yeah. to buy that cheap fucking fake egg uh-huh. at McDonald's. Yeah, you're when overpaid. you're battling making yourself an egg over a dollar fifty. Like, yeah. Bump the wages, yeah. people. Thanks, Betsy. Number five for me, I'm going with a meal that everybody has had in their whole life. I don't care who you are. You enjoy this. It's cereal. Everyone eats cereal. Everyone has like a couple brands that you like and that you live by. I'm going with cereal. Number what is five. your brand? That, what is your go-to? So I, I think this says a lot about you as a human being, even. Like, this could be a Rorschach test. What's your favorite cereal? Well, I'm trying to watch the cholesterol, so I'm going with those Honey Nut Cheerios. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, good for Am you. I, no, wait. Am I watching my cholesterol? <laughs> yeah. No. Do I go with the Honey Nut Cheerios? Yes. High five. So yeah. do I. One was a lie. Yeah. One was a truth. Here's a lie and a truth. <laughs> I'm watching my cholesterol. I, I have no idea. Cheerios. I did a health screening earlier this year. They make us do it every year. And then they sent back the results. And I'm like, that's great. I don't know what any of these fucking numbers yeah. mean. This is so how is much this, I weigh. Yeah. Tell me if it's good or bad. Just yeah. give me red or green. Yeah, right. And I will try to change the red things, but probably won't Simple do man. I'm colorblind. None of that shit would get changed. Like, I'm healthy. This hey, is no, not a heart attack. number two cereal? Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Yeah. Same. Nice. How do you feel about Number three. Puffs? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, wait. Number four. Let's say it at the same time. Okay. One, One two, two, three. three. Cookie Captain Crunch. Crunch. Oh, we're close. <laughs> that honestly would have been yeah. like my next This is like one. a stepbrother's moment. Do you want to stand up and unzip real quick? Like, <laughs> yeah. do karate oh in the garage? God. Yeah. Do we just become best friends? It's like we grow up around each other. All right. Number four on my list, B's and G's. Biscuits I, and gravy. Yeah, I can't argue with gravy. Uh, especially if you get... The gravy needs to have sausage in it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's big on this. And... No disrespect to anyone who might make it to this way, but don't give me packaged gravy. 
No, how is that even a thing? Like, I don't want it. I want it. The real stuff. I mean, There's I don't actually, know how to make it. I just buy it from a store. I don't know how to make it either. Uh, I don't cook. I have a stay-at-home girlfriend. I don't cook. Uh, stay-at-home girlfriend. Yeah, it's great. There's a the place where we grew up, a very small town, uh, liberal Missouri. There's a restaurant called Mary's Flower Cart Cafe. Digest all that. It used to be, a, she used to be a florist. Then she started selling food. Now she does both. I think she originated in Boston, and <laughs> yeah. she's just the fucking cleaner yeah. for the mob. You should see her take the thorns off the, the roses. Yeah. But Now you'll work for me. Yeah, that big nose. <laughs> but her biscuits and gravy, I think, are the best I've ever had. They're very good. Ooh, wait, fun Pepper fact. the shit out of those things. Fun fact, because uh, I just told my daughter this yesterday, maybe. Cracker Barrel, you can get just biscuits and gravy a la carte for three fifty, And it's like more biscuits and gravy than... Most people can eat. Come for the football, stay for the breakfast deals, because <laughs> yeah. NFL Draft Scouts got them. Which is, I'm so not like a bargain person. I refuse to use coupons. Yeah, I can't even believe that you know how much this stuff costs. <laughs> That's all I know. That's uh, I don't know how much a gallon of milk costs. You could tell me Too a much. gallon of milk Too costs $6, and I would believe you. Almost. I know what gas costs. Like $4.50. And For we a gallon of milk? No shortage of cows around oh. this motherfucker. Like, what's the deal? That's don't how much milk started. is? Yeah, roughly, right? That's I'm why not, I don't drink milk. Okay, yeah. That's why. Think I about that. We have a natural resource. Like, that we're running. <laughs> no, oh. gasoline that <laughs> okay. we are running out of. And it costs about $2.50. And we don't know if we'll ever have more of it. We have a million cows probably in this state. And we're charging four fifty for a gallon. Huh? Get the fuck out of here! Because we're charging forty five dollars for an eight ounce steak. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, back on track. Number four for me. This is a breakfast meal. Oh, wait, I really thought you were calling milk a natural resource. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't. I know cows. you teach science. I don't think that's what that means. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I could probably make an argument for it, but I'm going to go on to my number four breakfast, which is pizza. I love it. I don't care if it's leftover. I don't care if it's fresh in the morning. It's pizza. It doesn't matter what you put on it. It's good. So this came up in the Reddit AMA that we did Thursday night. Someone asked about Casey's breakfast pizza. I won't eat it because I'm so weird about eggs that I won't eat. Well, number one, I'm not eating eggs on a pizza. I'm weird about eggs, too. Which is a weird thing, but that's why I didn't specify breakfast pizza. So the greatest pizza in general. It's great when you go to a Casey's in the morning and you're like, I'm kind of hungry and I don't want a Cliff Bar. Like, I want real food. And they got a slice of pepperoni in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. I get two of them. I cannot eat breakfast pizza. Really? Yeah, I can't. Well, it gives me heartburn like a motherfucker, (laughs) but I do it. Yeah. I do it for the grind. You know what should have made my list? And this is not one of mine, but I'm going to be honest. What I eat for breakfast almost every morning. My son got me started on this. A cliff bar and a Slim Jim. Yep. I have students <laughs> that bring me a fucking Slim Jim like almost and every it's, day. It's all because of him. Like he wants a Slim Jim. We go to Casey's almost every morning. I have him so he can get a Slim Jim for breakfast. And I think I must have caught on somehow because I didn't even know that you guys were doing it. But then just out of nowhere, it's like, oh, I'm eating Slim it's Jims protein. for breakfast now. It's protein. Yeah, it's pretty much bacon in a, like, wrapped up In a stick. tube. In a tube. So number three for me, bacon and eggs. Everyone knows I'm a Waffle House guy through and through. When you are hungover, go to Waffle House. Bacon, three eggs scrambled hard. That means a little extra. And then hash browns, country style. That means gravy with sausage in it. That's, the, that's all you need. And then an orange juice of water and a coffee. I like it. I like the menu. I'm going number three for me, kind of right right along with what you said, hash browns. I Mm -hmm. love them. I don't even care what kind of style you put them in. Shredded, 
that weird shit that's at McDonald's. Love it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get it with a sausage biscuit. I'll eat like five of those things. You want a real question for the Reddit AMA? How many <laughs> hash browns could I eat from McDonald's in one sitting? I bet it's a double digit number. <laughs> I would just put you at 12. Yeah, like one for every natty light that I'm drinking. Why don't we figure this out when we go to Fort Worth? Because I will TCU die. <laughs> okay. I will okay. die. Well, it'll just be me eventually on the podcast <laughs> with like a bunch of memorial tattoos. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, I'm with you on hash browns. They're great. Number two, breakfast tacos. You and I were coming back from uh, from Austin. We stopped at Rudy's, which is kind of a, it's a, it's a treat, but it's a gas station in Texas, but looks just like Woody's that we have here in Joplin. I believe the same menu. It's like printed by the same people. Right. They throw the same board up for breakfast right. and take it down. It's a gas station that has barbecue. And you get, I mean, you get a breakfast taco. I like it with bacon, cheese, potatoes, and salsa. Yeah. And if you scramble your own eggs, you can put yes, those in there but too. I'm not letting Rudy scramble my eggs. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know why I'm those. like that about it. I mean, I am, I am too. I'm, I've told you before, I'm weird about dairy. Like we had chili at your house one time and I brought my own milk. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently that's weird also. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Drinking milk, which costs $4.50 a fucking gallon with chili. I thought I was no, no. completely normal. It's weird that you brought your own milk. You brought a tumbler, well, like a 24-ounce <laughs> tumbler of milk to my house. It's, I'm weird about other people's milk. It's one of those other things that we've talked about It's not about like before. she was milking herself. <laughs> I mean, it's, we but bought I don't it know at the that. store. I don't know that. I don't know where your milk came from. And like I told you, some people, when they cook, that milk just sits out on the counter. That's disgusting. And you don't know how long. Or in-laws that I've had in the past. <sighs> Don't want to name any names, but you know who you are. <laughs> they would have breakfast and just like drink milk, but they would sit it out on the table while they ate breakfast. Mm-mm. And it would sit there for roughly two hours. And I'm just like, I drank that milk. It's been sitting out here on a counter for six hours this week. <laughs> I ate and that I'm cottage cheese. That. Yeah. Hey, that's what you're doing to me right now? You know now? where I think a lot of my food weirdness comes from is our dad who grew up on a farm. He grew up on a dairy farm and he doesn't drink milk. So I'm not going to drink milk. He doesn't eat pork. I don't really eat pork. He doesn't really like chicken. I don't really like chicken. I think that's where it's from. Maybe. I don't know. Dad and I don't talk. And it's not because we don't get along. It's because we're both quiet. So I don't know anything about him. Well, there you go. Those are the things (laughs) he he doesn't He is a great father. We don't know each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's not untrue. I usually get asked, how's your brother doing? How's Meller? How's Meller doing? (laughs) Number two for me, because I think I'm up. I'm going with waffles, mainly because I love them and I know you hate them. But I don't think you can beat a good waffle. You love Waffle House, but you don't eat waffles. It's I want to talk about this. It's ridiculous. I want to I want to drive the why floor. I put it on here. Okay. I was recently asked in a DM. Someone said they were fighting with their friends and they knew that I was the right person to come to to settle this. And they said waffles or pancakes. And I said, hey, I just want to be real. I don't really like either. <laughs> but I have recently decided I like waffles better because the squares appeal to me. They get a little sausage pocket. Sir, you <laughs> hold <wait>. up. <laughs> Scratch that. Sausage Your pocket. mom has a sausage <laughs> pocket. Uh, waffles. <laughs> waffles. <laughs> they hold syrup in yeah. their pocket. Yeah. I think they belong to the marsupial family, but right. they hold right. syrup. Sausage pocket's a game that you play at school. <laughs> syrup pocket. Not on this podcast, though. Has. Yeah. No. I, I do think if you get the right mixture of like butter and syrup on the waffle, it's better. But I don't really like either one. 
I do because those little squares hold a shit ton of syrup and you can just, and as soon as you cut into it, it's hot. You can put them in the, like get the toasters, the little egos. That's what stranger, she gets. Stranger things. Yeah. Uh, and just for the record, since this is a breakfast podcast currently, if you try to pass off to me a sausage pancake corn dog, I will slap you <laughs> in the face. Because that's gross. I've actually never tried them. Like, I'm not anti-corn dog like you are, but... It's disgusting. I mean, I probably would. I just have You know, it. in Crazy Stupid Love, when Ryan Gosling's telling uh, Michael Scott, whatever his real name is, not to, <laughs> not to, you know, like, you're being a man, stop trying to drink your cocktail with the straw, because it looks like you're trying to, you know, do Perform the straw. Fellatio. Yeah, to the straw. That's how I feel about corn dogs. Like, a grown man should <laughs> not put You don't bananas that. either, do you? I don't. I also once worked with, I worked with some weird people. I don't like how bananas feel. I worked with a guy one time and we were having like a potluck or whatever. And somebody brought salad and the only dressing they brought was ranch. And he was like, no, I don't eat ranch. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But you know, whatever. Especially around here. He's like, I actually don't eat anything that's white and creamy. Okay. I don't know what happened to you in your past. But you can stop right there. Yeah, we, we can change this subject. You need buddy. to lay down on the couch. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Number one for me, and I typed this in. Uh, my girlfriend and daughter watched me type this out, and they were like, "What the? That's fuck? weird." Huevos Rancheros. That's what it. <laughs> no, what are they? Nothing. What are, I don't know. It's like a breakfast enchilada, basically. I mean, I like to get it because you can get brisket, but it's like an enchilada with scrambled eggs, and it's for breakfast. So the eggs are on the side. (laughs) I'm trying to like figure out what it is. You can get it with with like a good slow cooked brisket wrapped in a tortilla. I don't know what it is, but I love the name and I would order it just based off being able to say huevos rancheros. (laughs) (laughs) You say it just like that. That's how you order it. That's what I would go with. It sounds great to me. It is. I wouldn't eat it around here. Next time we're on the road in the south, well, the the southwest. I'm not getting these in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe Fort Worth. All right. Number one for me, and I can't believe it was so low on your list, is biscuits and gravy. They are the perfect breakfast meal. And if you want to talk hangovers, it'll cure it up. It will absorb everything and lube everything else on the other side. You are all set for the rest of your day if you eat biscuits and gravy. And don't even give me this bullshit of like, oh, you can't eat it on the go. I have eaten biscuits and gravy while driving many times, many times. You want Trump over there. One of my things that I miss most about Dan is that I have weird food taste, and he would feed me biscuits and gravy while I drove. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah. After 30 years. 30 years. Maybe one of these days. We're getting close. But number one for me, biscuits and gravy. Go ahead and let us know what are your top five breakfast food items, because we know you guys eat some weird shit, too. All right, thanks, y'all, for hanging out. We have a lot of great draft on draft questions to get to. So let's just jump right into it, Mello. Or Meller, Meller, as our dad would say. Patrick Chamberlain, one of my new favorite uh, listeners, just followed this guy on Twitter. He sent this in through Reddit. He hasn't heard a lot about next year's crop of wide receivers for the draft. I know it's early, but how would you rate the group of draft-eligible receivers for next year's draft compared to prior years? And who are the guys that look to be at the top of that group? I mean, it's hard to compare it with last year's group because I do think that was a down year. Even guys like Calvin Ridley, who we thought might go at the top of round one, didn't. He took a big fall, and a guy like DJ Moore, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but he was a very late late riser to be the first receiver taken. And then other guys, uh, Sutton, you know, he even kind of fell in the draft. I know A.J. Brown came into the year with a lot of steam, but he's a guy that we've talked about as a stock-down player. 
while his teammate, DK Metcalf, I think has been on the rise. I really like what I can see, what I've seen out of him so far. And you talk about Nikhil Harry. That is probably my wide receiver one in this yeah. class so far. I, I think my wide receiver one would be Marquise Brown. And I hate to put an Oklahoma guy in there, but he's just too electric. I, I think size is going to be a little bit of concern, but definitely we've seen, I mean, John Ross was the ninth pick in the draft. Antonio Brown Antonio is not Brown. very big. Tyreek Hill is not very big. So uh, Marquise Brown's great. I'm with you. Nikhil Harry's fun. Uh, I, I think this is a better wide receiver class, even if we don't see someone drafted in the top 10 or 12 picks just because of the strength of the D-line position. So uh, great question, though, from Patrick. Uh, Sports Fiend on Reddit, another guy who's in there every week. What, are, what I'll put this question in here just for you, okay? What was your best highlight of your young careers growing up when you played your respective sport of choice? So long way of saying, as a kid, what was your sports highlight? Oh, God, I guess I overlooked that one. I don't know. Uh, we really sucked when I played football. Like, we were terrible. So I would set, like, small, obtainable goals. And what I wanted to do was get up faster than the defense every time I got sacked. Yeah. That was and a highlight of mine. Like, yeah. I shit you not, that's how bad we were. If I took a sack or if I got hit, I wanted to get up faster than the defensive end. So one of the highlights is that happened. I got the shit kicked out of me, and then I got up really fast. And I got to talk shit to the defense Ben who's still on the ground. I was like, you can't fucking hit me. You can't hurt me. I think I got hurt that game. (laughs) But it wasn't because of him. Like, but it was nice to be able to talk shit and then they'd be like, What the fuck? Like, what can we do to get this guy out? Go for the knees. That's what you can do. Sweep the leg. (laughs) But it was just it's those little moments of like being able to talk trash in the game that I really enjoyed. So something people who listen to the podcast might not know about me. I think my best sport was actually karate. Uh, but you were, I think, the only one of us that didn't karate. Karate, people, uh, as we as we called the it layman's. around the house. Uh, I think you were the only one that didn't compete in, in karate because you know there was some you know, there was some weirdness <laughs> with the instructor. We'll get another time. We'll tell that story anyway. Uh, Stories we can't get into on all the, podcast. the podcast. So the, my highlight, and I thought about ah football track. I played basketball a couple of years, baseball one year. My highlight, honestly, was the first time I ever competed in a tournament for karate. And you go and you, you, you know, you've never done this before. So you're just like, oh, I'm going to fight this kid across from me. Cool. And you got the headgear on and the the gloves and they, you know, they do the thing and you, you fight basically. And you get points if, for where you hit them. Well, I didn't really know the rules. We, the place we went was pretty low key. Like it was a like, shitty YMCA. It really was. So, uh, did not know that you could not punch or kick in the head or kick between the legs. Yeah. <laughs> so I be telling me I can't grab right. his groin. You're telling like, me I can't fight this kid. So you, it's a three point match. Two of the points that I would have scored were I not disqualified. <laughs> I roundhouse kicked the kid in the head. And then, you know, so they blow the whistle. Yeah, you can't do that. Come right out, boom, right in the balls. Just kicked him right between the legs. You also can't do that. So my first ever. Taekwondo tournament, I was disqualified. You talk about like weird shit that you can't do. I remember one time I was trying to think of other sporting events highlights. And we didn't we do not have a golf course in our hometown and we do not have one for the next like 20 miles. So we used to actually golf around town. We would just go yeah. hit balls at the high school field. Like froth, yeah. but golf. But golf. <laughs> yeah. And I remember one time our buddy Dan standing on some track mats being like, I bet you can't hit me. I was like, oh, I'm going to. And I hit a golf ball right into his ball sack. <laughs> that was definitely a highlight because there's no way I could go do it again. Like I'm yeah. not good at golf, but being able to hit your buddy in the nuts 
with one shot, it's like what? a Michael Jordan moment. I gave it the Tiger Woods, yeah. Michael Jordan fist bump. You were the I, red polo the I, next I day. got you. Yeah, 14 years later, he died. So, thanks. I hope it wasn't uh, because of golf ball. <laughs> right? It just slowly. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Hayden Bryant. I've seen some research on sports like rugby or leagues that play football without pads and there being less injuries in those respective sports. The theory is that because there isn't any protection for your head or body, you are more likely to be cognizant of the way you hit someone and use better technique to avoid injury. They say that the pads and the helmet have become more of a weapon than a safety mechanism. He would love to hear our thoughts on whether this... Uh, holds any weight or players are safer the way they are now. Yeah. So uh, what was your favorite chapter of that book? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I would say, Hayden, I think that uh, no matter the sport, I would much rather have something between my brain and danger. If I, at all possible. I do. I actually, I kind of like the idea. And I think that maybe the NFL needs to start toying around with it. Like take this, do like the indoor league that went to that, just like the padded helmets. Yeah. Something like, because you watch, I watch junior high kids play all the time, and these high school kids play all the time. There is no attempt to wrap up and tackle anymore. Well, they don't even care about so it. So, what if you did that at the junior high? Like, uh, I've told the story before. My son's four, and they asked him if he wanted to play football this year. So, like, maybe until junior high, you don't even wear a helmet. And then you start to wear something like the padded protective that look like the old school helmets, no face mask. It's just like a soft shell, basically. And then maybe in high school, you start to think about wearing a helmet. Like, I'm all for that. But as someone who had six to seven concussions, I want a helmet. But like, I, I should probably have to wear one to walk out of here tonight. <laughs> but I think if you didn't have a helmet on, you would actually try to keep your head out of the way. So trying to teach oh, well, like, I would kids to tackle like differently. I'm trying to coach things the right way. And it's like, keep your head out of the way. We gator tackle, tackle yeah. rugby tackle now. And it doesn't matter. They still want to go in and they want to make the highlight play and they do it with their head and their shoulder. So if maybe we take away these shoulder pads, we take away their helmet, maybe they actually start trying to fucking tackle instead of making these highlight hits that are head to head. Yeah. Like it's a it's a rough thing. I love football and I don't want it to change, but I also don't like the rules in the way that it's going. Well, you so. can't even tackle anyone right now with right. or without a helmet. So right. So maybe experiment with it a little bit and let's see what happens. How was a book? And I love that now we've fallen into this routine where I read all the draft on draft questions. I know. I was, and they're just long sometimes. I'm like, oh. keep it up. Doing a great job. Anthony Eckert, how do you guys perceive the Buckeyes running backs as pro prospects? Does splitting carries hurt either of their stocks as a pro? So splitting carries does not hurt your stock. That is a myth. Uh, you look at Alabama. They're going to have four guys split carries some years, and they're all, it's fine. It's more about talent and traits and how you project to the next level. I like Mike Weber. Uh, I, I think he's probably like a day two type guy for me. Definitely not day one. Maybe closer to, to day three than day two. And with J.K. Dobbins, I don't know if he's special. Yeah, I don't know if he's special or if he's a product of Ohio State. It, it's still early to tell. I don't want Baker sound, Mayfield hear that. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> want to sound like I'm shitting on him because I actually I do like that Ohio State offense. And like you said, it does not hurt them at all that they're splitting time. I think actually it probably helps them. Because you can compare running back versus running back in that system. And they're not taking the wear and tear and the beating that some of these other guys are, like a Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin. All right. Uh, let's, last question here, because we got some stuff we got to go do. So Tom wants to know, the Bills are most likely going to be getting the first overall pick. Uh, do you think they'll trade it to a team since they already have a, his quote, franchise quarterback or take a defensive lineman? Okay, I, I will answer. Go for it. Take a defensive lineman. 
especially because we're talking about Joey Bosa and Ed Oliver being generational type talents. You take the defensive lineman. Don't fall into the trap of, oh, maybe we should trade out. Look at Miles Garrett. Look at Jadavian Clowney. Take the defensive lineman. Don't help someone else. Yeah, you almost try to get too cute with the NFL draft. Yes. Like you see it in other leagues in the NBA. They're like, we don't give a shit if we have a good small forward. We are going to put the best five out here. And you pretty much have to do the same thing in football. Get your best 11 guys on defense. Get your best 11 guys on offense. It doesn't matter if you already have one. Take your best player in a spot. Like obviously if you have a quarterback already, you're not going to go take one off the board. But get your position of need. You don't need to do all this trading back and everything. We've watched the Browns do it for like six years now. What are they doing? Not winning. They haven't won a game in three years, and they just took Baker Mayfield first overall. And Denzel Ward looks pretty good, though. So there's I that. do like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. So that's our show. Uh, like Melo said at the start, we're going to be in Fort Worth for TCU at Iowa. We're going to be in Fort Worth for TCU versus Iowa State. Okay, there you go. Jesus in heaven. I need some help. Uh, That will be tailgating from 1 1 p.m. to the 6 p.m. kickoff. Look for us in the tailgate guys. Village uh, will be the really attractive guys drinking Natty Light. So easy to find. 